With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I was trying to work the food in your mouth. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say, none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. All right, well, Rami looks up the nearest locations to buy his Bears-colored Zubas. I really am, as we speak, doing that. Corrupt Judge Jonathan Harrison is here to guide us through a Tuesday edition of Cram Session. That's right. Cram Session will be heard exclusively at 5 o'clock on Thursdays on Mackie and Judd with Rami. What do you got for us today, Jonathan? All right. Starting off, we'll do uh, one of our favorite things, a pie chart of not blame this time, but credit. So I want because... Oh, the by twins- the way, on this show, it's the pie chart of praise. Pie chart of praise. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So because the Twins broke the single season team home run record this last weekend, I want your pie chart of praise for who deserves the credit for breaking that record. All right. I'm going to say uh, I'll go 30% players, the guys who are actually hitting the home runs, 20% to James Rousen and the rest of the coaching staff who are getting these guys ready for the respective pitcher of each and every day. And the rest of it, the other 50%, is going to Falvey and Levine because just between the four offseason acquisitions, that they made for significant offseason acquisitions that they they made and added to the offensive lineup in Crone, Cruz, Jonathan Scope, and Marwin Gonzalez. 94 home runs between those four guys. They added 94 home runs in the offseason via free agency. So I don't see how you don't give at least half the credit to Falvey and Levine for putting this roster together. Has there ever been a better addition of production to a team in one offseason? And by the way, I don't know this for sure, but I'm guessing all four of those guys combined make close to what uh, Manny Machado or Bryce Harper got in their deals. And yeah, you got 94 home runs out of them. Yeah, it's the better. I mean, it's it's. Hard. I think I think fans don't like to hear this, but because 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 we call it you know the cheap pole ads or bargain bin shopping. But sometimes, if not all the time, you're better off spending $14 million on a Nelson Cruz, then you are spending $30 million a year on a Bryce Harper right. until he's 40. Yep. So um, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go, I'm going to cut my pie right down the middle. 50% front office and development system. And 50% the guy who was quoted in The Athletic saying this over the weekend. Quote, we're trying to hit home runs. You should. It's the ultimate way to score. 
if you're not hitting home runs, if you're not trying to string, four, if if you're if you're not hitting home runs, and if you're trying to string four or five hits together against Verlander or Garrett Cole or Zach Greinke, you're going to lose. You have to go for home runs. Mitch Garver, end quote. Think about that mindset and how completely opposite it is compared to the previous 25 years of Twins baseball. The piranhas? These dudes couldn't take steroids the right way in the late 90s. <laughs> and now they just set the Major League home run record because Mitch Garver and company, Mitch Garver, who, by the way, has one of, if not the best home run rates in all of baseball, if you take total home runs compared to number of times actually coming up to the plate, it's one of the highest home run rates in baseball, if not the highest. And he's telling you what the mindset is in that clubhouse. We're trying to hit home runs. You're going to lose if you don't try to hit home runs. So 50%, I'm going to go 50% front office for putting systems in place and 50% the mindset of the Mitch Garver types in that lineup. All right. <laughs> Judd has literally drawn out. I broke this up a little bit more than filled it. <laughs> I took this question very seriously. As you do with all of them, I would imagine. I'm going to go from least to the highest. All right. 5% to the players. Congratulations, boys. 15% launch angle. Max Kepler, your swing looks like it's changed. No, it's still the exact same swing. Max Kepler last year, even keel. Now, basically, uppercutting it. 15% launch angle. 30%. The guy who really deserves a lot of credit here across the board, the twins benefiting the most, Rami's good friend Rob Manfred, mm. and fifteen or fifty percent, the final fifty, so half of this pie goes to the product that made it all possible, that little Super Bowl we know as the baseball. Fifty percent the baseball, thirty percent the commissioner, fifteen percent launch angle, five percent the players. That gets you to one hundred percent. Wow. There's no love in any of your guys' pie charts for the weak AL Central besides the Indians and the Twins? Well, you hit hit home runs against Baltimore, too, and, I mean, there's a lot of weak teams. Okay. Well, I'm going to give the point today to Judd here. The baseball, the launch angle, all this new age thinking of how to make the ball go out of the park and fly farther. Judd's getting the point here. So the next question, betting data has come out in anticipation of the NFL regular season coming back on Thursday. That data showed in, among other things, the least bet on teams to win the Super Bowl. They were in order. The Bucks, Titans, Bengals, Dolphins, and Cardinals. <laughs> so, I'm assigning you each a team wow, to tell me who's going to win the Super Bowl. I hated this. Phil, you get the Dolphins. Wow. Judd, you get the Bengals. And Rami, you get the Cardinals. Wow. Actually, have, a, have at it, boys. I'll go first. I feel very confident about this, okay? okay. Go right Let's ahead. not lose you. Yeah. Go right oh ahead. My God. Go ahead. I thought you had the toughest task of the three of us. No. Please, feel free. The floor is yours, no. sir. So let's go through this, okay? The Miami Dolphins play, in part because of the Miami Dolphins, in the weakest division in the NFL. Yeah, I think okay? you just undercut your whole own argument. <laughs> but, okay, Tom Brady's 42 years old. When Brett Favre was 40 years old, he was foaming at the mouth unconscious on the turf at TCF Bank Stadium. Like, things happened to 40-year-old quarterbacks. He was literally snoring. (laughs) He was. He was. I remember remember hearing him tell the story. The Chicago Tribune declared that the the 62nd greatest moment in Bears history recently. (laughs) To which I retweeted, that's the game that Cluey said shouldn't have been played because someone was going to get killed, and it was damn near Brett Favre. The Patriots lost Rob Gronkowski. They're one hit away from losing Tom Brady. Julian Edelman's ancient and has had multiple injuries, right? I mean, this team is one bad hit away from no longer being the New England Patriots, okay? 
the Jets, the Bills, basically, if Tom Brady tweaks an ankle, ACL, something, this division is Ryan Fitzpatrick's for the taking. And so if you can feast on a weak division minus Tom Brady, you might be able to get yourself a first-round bye <laughs> and thus only have to win three games to win a world championship. Danny Isadora might be your left tackle. So the Dolphins just went away from trading their star left tackle to now three games away from... <laughs> you don't get to set us up with this question and then crap on our answers, okay? <laughs> Danny Isadora, Super Bowl champion. <laughs> All right. You want me to go next? Rami had the Cardinals. I can go next. Um, Judd's still trying to figure out how to... Kyler Murray, man. He's the number one overall pick. And let let us not forget how good a running back David Johnson was before he suffered his ACL injury last year. And on top of that, you have a Hall of Fame wide receiver in Larry Fitzgerald. You know what you have there? You know what I just described to you folks? A big three. You have a big three of Kyler Murray, David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. Hmm. You know what big threes do? They win championships. And did I mention, did I mention that their coach is the very handsome Cliff Kingsbury? Have I told you guys that oh, their coach? Oh, he's a striking man. Oh, he's very good looking. Yeah. 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 Like he's, if you were going to cast an actor to be an NFL head coach in Gosling. a movie, yeah. you're, you're getting, yeah, exactly. You're getting Ryan Gosling, the, a.k.a. Cliff Kingsbury. The funny thing would be if Rami's, if Rami's theory is correct and the Cardinals get to the Super Bowl, but they're called for like six false start penalties because of the clapping before the snap. <laughs> It's like a boy band. <laughs> Kyler, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. We're at the Twins game. Everybody clap your hands. That's it. They have a big three and the most handsome head coach in the NFL. That's how the Cardinals so, get the so, Super Bowl. So, so I gave you logical football reasons, and uh-huh. you said the coach is handsome. That's why they're going to win the Look, Super Bowl. Okay. The coach is pretty. That's why they're going to win it. Okay. I, I know this from seeing it from the other side. Good things happen to good-looking people. I don't know why, but good things seem to always happen to good-looking people and not not guys like me. So that's why I'm saying Cliff Kingsbury, being a handsome man, should work in the favor of the Arizona Cardinals. You mean a Cardinals. guy like George Clooney? Yeah. Good things happen to George exactly. Clooney. Exactly. Because it right. worked for Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, he, he got an get... NFL job, didn't he? He failed right up the ladder. <laughs> so he got fired, got hired as the OC at USC, for and then got minutes. the head coaching job. Also, when <laughs> I right. when I think of Super Bowl winners, I think of good-looking coaches. <laughs> Bill, Bill Belichick, oh, yeah. Bill, Bill Parcells, Bill Howard. Howard. are you kidding me? <laughs> Tom Coughlin, <laughs> with his frostbitten cheeks, 12 years later, still can't move his face. Tom Coughlin is what Lambeau. they call a zaddy. A what? <laughs> Never mind. Just, what did you just if say? If you get it, you get it. If not, just keep moving. <laughs> you can't do that. No, or you just, can't just drop that and just, run. Or just Google zaddy. Teaser, teaser D's. A zaddy is a guy who's attractive and fashionable with swag and sex appeal. Used in a sentence, might say, did you see that guy at the mall? He was a total zaddy. I just got what? that. <laughs> I like how he's like disappointed that he what? has to read this and say Hold this, on. and he's the one who used the reference. <laughs> I think I win the point just for teaching you guys what a zaddy I want to work this into day-to-day conversations, a zaddy. Here I thought it was going to be something. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me when I should go. Well, all right, well, when, I, once we're done with the Zag talk. Whenever you want to try and convince me on so the Bengals. You got the Bengals. Uh, yeah, I got the Cincinnati Bengals. Do you want me to tell you how uh, Urban Dictionary used it in a sentence? No. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Did you gong him? All right, the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this was difficult, 
And this took hours, but I figured it out. Because I know you love the Bengals. I love the Bengals. Six and ten last year in the uh, last year that Marvin Lewis coached them. They hired thirty-six-year-old Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor was Sean McVay's cornerback coach with the Rams. So let's say that of all these people, Matt Lafleur, Kingsbury, all these guys, the guy with the real secret sauce, the guy with the juice, was Zach Taylor, who's going to bring it to Cincinnati, Ohio, and unveil it to none other than my favorite quarterback, the Red Rifle, Andy Dalton, who's 31. So these two are like best friends now, very close. And Zach Taylor's going to say, these are all Sean. This is what Sean did. And I know it because I told him to. And he's going to be lost with Jared Goff. And we are going to capitalize. And the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be Super Bowl champions. Zach Taylor knows the secret sauce. What if that is? I mean, That's all I got there, there is, in the I got words nothing of, else In the words it. of Derek Wetmore, there is a non-zero chance that yeah. he is the genius that there's one behind guy. the scenes. And Sean McVay has just been riding this guy's coattails. Yep. Not really willing to trust quarterback coaches after the whole <laughs> DiFilippo experiment. Oh, that's fine. Whatever. <laughs> so Judd's not going to win there. I have trouble trusting anybody from the Bill Belichick tree. So Dolphins are out. Sorry for the. Uh, you tried with telling me they're You're only one to the away. guy. There we go. Unfortunately, there yeah. we go. I feel like this was set up by Cliff who you Kingsbury gave to He's going to continue to fail his way upwards. That's right. Come to daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. i got to look this up now. I can work this into day-to-day conversation. What, Zaddy? Zaddy. Please, Please do. don't. Please do. Well, not with you guys, but at home, it'll be great. Okay, if you're gonna, ha- if you're gonna, if you're set on using this in everyday conversation, you have to use this in Royce Unchained next week. Yeah, he'll punch you in the face. But. No, he'll no, he'll give you that weird Patrick look, like, huh? What? Huh? Yeah, and then I'll just gonna, keep talking. I don't think it's gonna work. All right, what's question three? Last question: Tony Romo reportedly wants ten million dollars a year in his next contract with CBS. Would you pay him that much to analyze football, and why? Uh, if I were CBS or any, actually, you know what? If I, if I were any network, not only would I pay Tony Romo ten million dollars on his next contract, I'd offer him another five million dollars to be part of other shows. Like if I'm CBS, here's ten million for football. Here's another five million to be the host of Survivor and the Masters. <laughs> if I'm ABC, here's ten million dollars for ESPN uh, ABC football things. Here's another $5 million so that you and Chris Harrison can be a booth for the Bachelor episodes. <laughs> like, I want him I want him analyzing everything. Sitting next I'm to Julie Chen yeah. for Big Brother. <laughs> Imagine his predictions on those shows. I'm in. I'm no, all here, in. No, you no. see he's going to jump the fence what if he was? What if he was as dialed in for Big Brother as he was for NFL football? Like, he told you what was going to happen. Who's going to get evicted on Big Brother yeah, before they got evicted? Oversaturation. <laughs> oh, we, don't, we don't need too much Tony. We just need enough Tony. I just in want, our lives. I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking he jumped ship to ABC so that he can be part of the rose ceremony on the Bachelor Bachelorette and say things like, Oh Chris, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna give the rose. Oh gosh. <laughs> Tony Romo doesn't ever not know. Tony Romo knows. And he's gonna tell you who's getting that final rose in the first episode. <laughs> he's got great shoes and now, exactly too. how he's gonna get there. Those sketchers, man. They look comfortable. I like the sketchers. Here's here's why. Here's why you pay him. And I'm not going to ask for more than what he, he does extremely well. You pay him because CBS pays $1 billion, I'll say it again, $1 billion annually for National Football League rights, okay? So they make enough to justify a $1 billion per season. That's not the contract. Per season, $10 million is a pittance compared to that. Tony's not just good. He's fantastic. 
And and this does not mean, but by the way, that if you pay him ten mil, that the secondary guy, the number two guy, now has to oh he's got to make eight mil. That's not how this works. It's not sports. So in the big picture of things, I pay him exactly what what he wants because I now have the guy I think is the best analyst in the National Football League. And again, as a network, I'm paying one billion dollars, so I'm clearly making a ton of money off of this. So I pay him based on that, and I don't ask for anything more than what I'm getting, which is a guy that drives Jim Nance absolutely crazy, and I love it. <laughs> I wouldn't pay him. I think I'm the only person on the panel today who's going to say I wouldn't pay him because people are going to watch NFL football, whether or not Tony Romo is in that booth. They enjoy it a little bit more, seemingly, when Tony Romo is in that booth. But are people coming to my sport? Are people consuming my product because Tony Romo is there? No, the NFL is in cruise control at this point. It really doesn't matter who you put in that booth. You're going to get ratings. People are going to flock to their TVs on Sundays and Mondays and a few less on Thursdays, but still enough on Thursdays to Phil make Sims it worth it for them. I can't do it. I know. From, I Phil know Sims. It's not going to be the as... The football is on the field. It's not going to be as enjoyable <laughs> for you, the viewer, but I'm just telling you from a business perspective, if I'm CBS... You got to do a little more. You got to bring something to the table. You have to bring an audience to the table for $10 million, not just make it more enjoyable for the audience I already have and would already have. people, though. Whether or not you are here. It brings me. He brings me. Yeah. Yeah. If there's a CBS game on. And, and it's like, I'm I can watch fo- this or Fox. You could have no- I'll watch Tony Romo. You could have nobody in the booth, and I'm tuning in on a Sunday. It doesn't matter who's in the booth. I watch Tony, though. It makes it I'm more enjoyable. Good announcers make it more enjoyable for me, but Tony Romo doesn't bring an audience. He, my he good man, is a zaddy. He doesn't. <laughs> he is, actually. He doesn't add value. He doesn't add value. Oh, I, just, I actually disagree with that. I, I mean, I actual monetary value. Where I you think go, he adds value. More eyes are on our product this are. week because Tony Romo is here. I think more people I watch think their, so. I think he's that good. I don't think I really so. Don't. All right, Jonathan. Rami, you're the winner today. I'm giving you, you the second coin here, second in a row. You come back and Thank win. Thank you, sir. I agree. I don't, I don't think I would pay Tony Romo $10 million. That's a lot of money because the only place he's going to go elsewhere that's not my network if I'm CBS and be the number one color commentator is ESPN slash ABC. Mm-hmm. He's not going to go to NBC, be the number one guy there because they've got Collinsworth. He's not going to be the number one at Fox because they've uh, got Aikman. Uh, you know what? I disagree. Would they replace Aikman? I think, Col- I think Collinsworth, because he's got to be 60-something now. You I think, they, I, I well, think there's, nowhere to, there's nowhere to put Collinsworth. You'd have to kick him off no, NBC. But I'm saying I think he Bounce might just him? say peace out. He and Al are not kids. Tariko and Romo, Ooh, that'd be a good boys, move. let's talk the future. It's television, too. Heartless industry. Yeah. We pull the plug on people all the time. I mean, you guys can... I Listen, if, Tony, if Tony Romo wants to call the spelling bee, like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. Th- Anything I'm that dude calls, he's, I'm with he's got my this. attention. I'm with Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North mobile app. Tomorrow, reminder, it's the 10-year look back at the 2009 Viking season. And Judd, myself, Sage Rosenfels, with help from quarterbacks coach Kevin Rogers and also Ryan Longwell, did a multi-part series. Also, Chip Scoggins is, is part of this as well. A, a multi-part series on the 2009 Minnesota Vikings and Brett Favre, stories galore, all kinds of different things that uh, we had never heard before from 
the locker room, the Green Bay game at Lambeau Field in 2009, the NFC Championship game. We did a full episode just to deep dive on the 2009 NFC Championship game. If you're ever wondering what the hell really happened behind the scenes and on the sidelines that led to 12 men in the huddle and the Vikings losing that game, uh, you get all of the details on this podcast. Minnesota Sports Rewind is the podcast feed. We already have four episodes up, uh, non-Vikings episodes, uh, Twins, Tigers game 163, the Kevin Love 30 and 30 game, and a couple other episodes. So anywhere you find podcasts, Apple, Spotify, the Scornorth mobile app, Minnesota Sports Rewind. These episodes drop tomorrow. Word association game real quick for you gentlemen. When I say Twins bullpen, what's the first word that comes or the first short phrase that comes to your mind? Twins bullpen. Solid. Okay. Judd? Short phrase. About to be tested. Jonathan? Pucker up. <laughs> yeah, I think Jonathan represents a lot of fans I didn't still. See that one coming. Like, uh, bullpen's been pretty shady so far this year. Okay, the last month, so just over the last four weeks, the Twins have the best bullpen ERA in the American League by a half run and the second best bullpen ERA in all of Major League Baseball. The Cardinals have the best, over the last month, the Cardinals have the best bullpen ERA at 2.69. The Twins are at 3.19 since the first Monday in August. Uh, above the Red Sox, were 3.43. The Rays, 3.74. And the Yankees are way down the list at 5.18 over the last month. So I look at that and say, oh, they added Romo. Sam Dyson's been kind of meh, but we know his track record. And Gratterall is part of this thing. Pitched a, a, a clean inning. Well, not clean, but didn't give up any runs and throws 100 miles an hour, and this is the direction they're trending over the last 30 days or so, I feel really good about this bullpen after looking at that stat and confirming what my eyes have seen the last few weeks. Here's my thing. I I think that the next 12 games will give us our last really, really quality opportunity to judge things. And as we talked about today on the Twin Show, we know this team can hit. I don't think that that's in question. Are they going to get shut out once in a while or score two or three runs? Absolutely. But they can flat out hit. But my question comes back to starting pitching and bullpen. And and now that you're going to go into an extended period where you play Boston, which can score runs, can hit home runs in Fenway, you're going to have Cleveland here. Now, Cleveland's scuffling now, but they're still not a bad team. Uh, you're going to have, what, after that, Washington here, and then back to Cleveland. The point being is I, I do think to your question, Phil, that we are now in the next 12 games going to get a much better idea before the playoff start of where this team is at rotation-wise and bullpen-wise. And if you can get into a mix that's successful of, let's say, it's Gratterall, Dyson, Romo, Rogers, something like that, and it looks good against those teams, I think you're going to feel pretty good. Yeah, I'm I'm on the verge of being all-in on this Twins bullpen. Like, all-in. Like, to the point where... We get to October and it's give me five good innings from the starter and I'm, and I'm feeling pretty good if the twins are holding a lead or in a game after that. But I'm, I'm sort of where Judd's at too. I need to see them against some tougher competition because in August, like, I mean, you just laid out the numbers right there, Phil. I've read those numbers a couple times over the last couple of days on the uh, score North first place twins show. They were one of the best bullpens in all of baseball. And that can, that can be 
a huge weapon in October and in postseason baseball. You can take the approach that the Astros do, which is tried and true and pitching wins championships. That's been the old cliche in baseball and getting six or seven or more out of your starter and, and then going to your bullpen for the final two. But I look at it as let's put together a puzzle of how we get 27 outs. And if you have a dominant bullpen compared to what the Astros have, you have almost just as good a path to 27 outs as the Astros do. Their big guns are in the front end. Your big guns are in the back end. But at the end of the day, the name of the game is run prevention and getting 27 outs. And they're they're pretty close to proving to me that it's a dominant bullpen that can be a great weapon in the postseason. Okay, if the bullpen over the next two weeks, you look at the schedule, the next four series, the Red Sox, Indians, Nationals, and Indians again, if the bullpen goes back to what we saw at the beginning of the season, what's your feeling then? Um, Got a parachute? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's over. It's over. Right. But how many teams in in the playoff bracket on either side, on the, let's, but let's stick to the American League, have a single reliever who's better than Taylor Rogers has been this season? Not many. I mean, you obviously if Heraldus Chapman is pitching the way that he usually does, and he's been, I think, back on track a little bit the and last Taylor few weeks. doesn't have to pitch too much. Yep, that's true, Then too. absolutely, he's a quality so, pitcher. So you've got a guy like Taylor Rogers. you'd put him up against pretty much any team's best reliever, and you wouldn't, you'd either have the advantage or it, it, it wouldn't be too far off that they would cancel out. How many, now Gratterall's only made one appearance, I get that, but how many teams have a top, top prospect who throws 100 miles an hour who's coming in fresh, for the most part, because he sat out with injury for a couple months, and there's no scouting report on him in terms of like teams having actually seen him pitch before. If you add him and he clicks to a, to a guy that might be the best reliever right there with Aroldis Chapman so far this season, like not a lot of teams have those things at the back end of their bullpen. What do you guys think the confidence should be that Gratterall is going to click enough to actually have him on the playoff roster? Oh, he's and, on, and I'm he's not, on. and I. And I'm not saying that he has to be You're ready to put unbelievable. Him on there now? Well, I mean, we, I think we get the month it. to play it out. I but. think he has to prove it. But what should the confidence be right now that he is going to be effective? That's think, a fair term. I think, effective. I think he doesn't have to be super lights out for That's me to I'm put saying. him on the playoff effective. roster. He throws a hundred miles an hour, and guys haven't seen him before. And if you get to face like the, like if you face the Yankees, you've already played the Yankees this season. You're not going to. If if you unveil Gratterall to the Astros or the Yankees for the first time in a playoff matchup, and he throws a hundred miles an hour, that is a huge, huge advantage for you. Um, now, if the book gets out on him and teams get a chance to look at him a few times and see where the ball comes out and those type of things, okay. But I think when you have a guy who throws that hard and has that much movement on his pitches, and they haven't seen him before, I want that guy on my playoff roster, unless he just gets completely shelled in the month of September. Yeah, I mean, let's see what he has in this month and how he fares against major league hitting. But, I mean, you got to like what you see. Anytime a guy is at or approaching triple digits, Roy Smalley said that earlier on the show, I mean, that's that's a potential big weapon for you out of the bullpen. But even without him, there are five guys in that bullpen that I trust on different levels, but you have five guys in that bullpen that at, at this point in time, I trust to put in the game in varying levels, but in in high-stress, high-leverage situation. Randy Dobnak needs to be in your playoff bullpen, if nothing else, because he looks like he looks like a, like a, a movie character reliever that you'd bring in, like Major League Two or something. That's great facial yeah. hair. 
It's, it's fantastic. Facial hair. facial hair game is strong. He's got goggles too, right? For sure. Like sports glasses or something? Uh, he does. He has the rec specs. Okay, that's pretty good as well. Yeah. Like, I want I want that guy at least pitching in the sixth inning of a playoff game at some point. Uh, Barrios also was supposed to start tonight. Randy Dobnak is going to start against the Red Sox. They're doing the prudent thing and giving Barrios an extra day. But the Red Sox are one of the more daunting lineups to face when they're at full strength. And J.D. Martinez is batting cleanup tonight. I mean, the Red Sox are... I'm looking at Jose Barrios now because you have a five and a half game lead. I don't think you're going to blow that in the next three weeks with some of the weak teams you have on your schedule. What does Barrios look like against the Red Sox? What does he look like in the next four starts before the playoffs begin? Yep. Because again, Michael Pineda goes five reliable the other night. Uh, right now, Michael Pineda is the better pitcher over the last six weeks between the two of them, but Barrios can get back into that number one category if he pitches well starting tomorrow night. But that's a big if. So right right now, as we have this discussion, the starting rotation for the first round of the playoffs would be, what, Pineda, I think, mm-hmm. Barrios, or, or Odorizzi, potentially, depending on how Jose does. Barrios, Martin Perez, to me, is a for sure in the bullpen. There's no question. He's not, he's not going to be part of your rotation. Is Gibson? Where's Gibson? No, he's out. Where's Gibson in, well, in this right entire now, he, thing? I mean, well, he, he might he might sit out. Literally out. Yeah. I mean, he, it's possible because he's had stomach issues. Ulcerative colitis now, right? Yeah, going back to spring training. Yeah, I right? saw his tweet thing. saying that this has been a challenging, I think he said few months in yeah. the tweet for as in terms of how yeah, long he went he's and saw a specialist in June, I guess, and I don't think it was reported at the time. And now his wife's going to have a kid, I think, this week as well. Yeah. So, but I just, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he, I would not be shocked at this point with how, how things have gone for him. If Phil, you're right. And he's, he's out completely. This might be the end of his season. Yeah. It might be. And because like, let's say he sits out for two weeks. Well, mm-hmm. there's no, it's not like you can go on a rehab stint in the minor leagues. The minor league season ends. So you, it's not like you can go throw five innings for Pensacola. And he's clearly weakened. Yeah. And even if he was at full strength, He's not one of my three playoff. I mean, if you need a fourth playoff starter, you can figure it out with a Martin Perez or a bullpen game or something. But yeah. I don't know. He just he just gets so worked up sometimes, and I feel like he, he. This is so cliche, but he definitely is his worst enemy. I mean, he's got he throws in the mid nineties. His stuff moves. He's a first round draft pick. He's he's been in the big leagues for what six or seven years now, and he gets out there and he just nibbles and gets flustered. Um, especially in big games yeah. against good teams, it seems to be especially bad. Yeah, but Perez uh, against Detroit was absolutely awful. So I, I don't know that you can give him a start either at any point in the in, in the playoffs. He's just it's so up and down. Sweep the first series in three games and don't worry about. <laughs> don't it. Don't even worry yeah. about it. What, the <laughs> don't Yankees? have to cross that bridge. The Yankees, eighteen, fifteen, sixteen, fourteen, seventeen, thirteen. Yeah, that's where it gets tough. Like if you have to. If you get into a series against the Astros or the Yankees and you're burning relievers on a regular basis and now you have to reach deeper into the bag, like the the five innings from a starter thing works great on paper until you need seven innings from your bullpen or it goes into extra innings. So or here's something. the question. Right. One one bad game can derail that whole thing. Here's the question you're right about that. The question to your point. What is the score? And and if you're playing the Yankees, I'm talking from both sides here, not just the okay. twin side. What is the score after five? Like what can we? What can you get to your bullpen at seven to five? 
Six so, four. So but you might not be. But you might not be wrong. No, I'm not so, even. I'm not. I'm I know being you're not, serious. I'm I know. Not the okay. Yankees. You're basically you're rooting for him. Barrios. Can you go five and give up five? Yes. And just hold. hold Think about steady. it. <laughs> Think about it for a second. It's not. That Here's far the scary off. thing. The Twins aren't dead. Then. Yeah, it's not that far off. That's the weird thing. That's the Yankees in that in that case. You don't like it, but they don't completely scare you. Yeah. Uh, we are the only place in town from now until the end of the twin season, whether it's early October or late October, that has a five-day-a-week twin show, noon every single day on Score North, the Score North mobile app, and also you can find it on demand anywhere you find podcasts. Just search the Score North Twin Show, and you'll find Rami, Derek Wetmore, Roycey on baseball, Glenn Perkins on baseball on Thursdays. Uh, Rami, when you're uh, when you're thinking about having to use seven innings of relievers in a playoff game against the Yankees. Like, you lose sleep over that? I would lose sleep if not for my my pillow, and not only my my pillow premium pillows, but the my pillow body pillow, and you can get deals on both those things and five other great products with just one promo code. That's right, seven offers, just one promo code as a special thank you for helping make my pillow so successful. They're offering seven my pillow products, including the my pillow body pillow and the my pillow premium. With just one promo code at MyPillow.com. And that code is NORTH. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Special tab at the top right corner, and you'll be directed to a special page where you can save huge on these seven MyPillow products just by using one promo code NORTH. Check these special out. The the my bit uh, my pillow body pillow regularly eighty five sixty eight just twenty nine ninety nine I need a good night's sleep obviously and you can still get a two pack of my pillow premium pillows for the all time low price of sixty nine ninety eight that's just thirty four ninety nine per pillow huge savings on seven of my pillow's most popular products including the original premium my pillow and the my pillow body pillow just go to mypillow.com. click on the radio listener tab at the top right corner check out all the great offers pick out what you want, then enter one promo code NORTH, N-O-R-T-H, at checkout. Say big on your favorite MyPillow products. Give them a call at 800-620-4439 or that website again, MyPillow.com. Click on the radio special tab, enter promo code NORTH, and take advantage of seven great deals from MyPillow. 544 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download, and if... You somehow missed the news over the weekend. The Vikings have a new punter. His name's Britton Colquitt. Comes from the Cleveland Browns. And he's a bit outspoken about his talents as a punter. And when talking about the previous holding, kicking, punting situation here in Minnesota, this is what he had to say. There just hasn't been a good um, mesh. And I think there's been talent. And, you know, because I love, I think Weil and Quigley have been really good punters. And I, and I just... But it's a whole thing. It's a, it's a room, you know what I mean? So it takes the long snapper, the the holder, punter, and, and the kicker. And uh, so I'm not worried about that. I'm excited about that um, because this city deserves, you know, a great punter and holder and great special teams. You know, why not? Why shouldn't we? We should lead the league in, in all those categories and help our team win and help our team go as far as we can go. Let us know over at Score North on Twitter, at SKOR North on Twitter, whether you're excited for this guy or you just want your punter to stay quiet and just do his job. Let us know. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. What's Judd, can you pull that Q&A up that Mike Zimmer did? Do you have that handy? I've got it right in front Speaking of me. Of kickers i got here. it right in front of me, Phil, in the okay. good old-fashioned newspaper version. Mm. 
Yep. All right, you take it and, and set this up too for the audience. Well, this is not a Xerox copy clipping of the newspaper. No, but like it could be. Do you want it to be? Do you want me to run down the no, hallway and get a Xerox? Right. Also, like, why didn't she just bring the newspaper to the fair? Why did you? Why did you Xerox copy the newspaper instead it, of just It was from the, the Sunday fair? paper, and I was going to throw the section away because it was Sunday. So I just copied the one part I wanted, as opposed to bringing the whole Sunday section. But this is from the Jonathan, Tuesday paper. Jonathan's like, what? Okay, here's the <laughs> deal. like way too much work. What are you doing? This is old school, man, okay? I'm going old school. Teaching some lessons here. Anyway, what's going on? All right, Mike Zimmer on kickers. Okay, Mark Craig asked him on kickers and how they've been his, quote, Achilles heel, okay? Here's, here's the quote. It's a little bit confusing, but I'll go as slow as possible. He says... The crazy thing is, okay, take a defensive back, Xavier Rhodes. I expect him to do his job. If he doesn't do his job, I'm going to get after him. But like with kickers, they have the one job they have to do. And you expect that they better do their job. But if you say anything bad about kickers, you're being mean or something like that. (laughs) So I think it's just the accountability of, hey, this is your job. And we understand they aren't going to make every kick. But Blair Walshman... Missing a 27-yarder in a playoff game, question mark. And the one at the end of the Green Bay game <laughs> yes, last year, yes. which, which puts us in the playoffs, question mark. You know, it's frustrating. Yes! Cut that vein open. That's wow. how Mike thinks about kickers. Wow. Yes. I don't think I've ever heard him say what he said to Mark Craig about Blair Walsh, even though everybody has I, thought that same thing for five years. Not that direct, I don't think. I think you're right. I mean, he's definitely voiced displeasure for kickers, but he has he ever flat out come out and said... Why are you missing a 27-yarder that brings us to the next round of the playoffs? And it's true. Why are you missing a 27-yarder in I that mean, spot? I don't think he'd have an answer to that. If he had an answer to that, he wouldn't have missed it. It's true. But is this not true? But is this not, does this not demonstrate? I, I love what Mike is saying. It's hilariously funny. And he might even be in the big picture of life, right? But these positions are very different people, played by different people. Kickers are not football players. Like Mike is treating, he he said it flat out. Xavier Rhodes, okay. Xavier Rhodes is a football player. We all appreciate that. And and if and when he gets cut, he's going to be cut because his uh, production will have declined. Sorry, Xavier, it's time to cut you. Rhodes might be PO'd about it, but he's going to be like, I'm I'm a football player. I did not play as well. Kickers are this weird other world thing. And so for Mike to think that a cornerback and a kicker have anything in common. That's where I don't understand. Like your thinking has to be, oh, okay, this guy's really different because he is. No, I don't. I don't. I mean, they are very different in terms of what they do and 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 the, the traits of both. Like Xavier Rhodes has a lot more tools in his toolbox than a kicker does. A Absolutely, kicker kick Xavier Rhodes is an actual football player. But in terms of the treatment of them, the reason why you see a revolving door at kicker, not just for the Vikings, but for a lot of teams around the NFL, is because when you look at the production, it's one of the most volatile positions in all of sports. Forget football. The production of kickers is such a roller coaster if you're not Adam Vinatieri over the course of their careers that it's not surprising that they get cut and replaced sometimes two or three times over the course of a season. Because... Just like a cornerback, if a guy isn't getting the job done, you have to go and try and find somebody who will get the job done. The only difference, a good cornerback is good for four, five, maybe more than that years. A good kicker is good for, if you're lucky, two years. If you're lucky, two years, you get out of a kicker. Yeah. I would also add, if you're a coach and you're you're trying to get 53 guys on a roster to do their jobs, and if they don't do their jobs, you're going to get after them, as Mike Zimmer says in the Q&A, well... If Xavier Rhodes is not properly um, lined up 
in a certain formation, you get on him for you need to close the gap on this particular uh, play, right? Or your tackling technique is lazy, therefore I'm going to get on you and you can fix. There's physical things that you can fix. I think with kickers, it's like golfers. Hit the ball straighter. I'm trying. <laughs> Kick the ball straighter. But yelling at them doesn't help. That's what I'm saying. Like with football players, it might help. You, I don't know. It's. I mean, you really do have to treat them like golfers. If, if in the middle of the U.S. Open, Brooks Kepka gets a case of the uh, of the hooks, and off the tee, he's going through a stretch on the back nine, round two, and everything's going left, right? Well, like, what's the fix for that? Is it a coach coming up and getting mad at him? Brooks! Telling you, Brooks! Kick it! Hit it straight! Get your act together! Hit it the fairway! What are you doing? Tighten well, it up! <laughs> I'm trying to, right? And that's where yeah, it, I mean, Mike Zimmer essentially admits, and I, I love how open and honest yeah, he is. And I love, I love what he said about Blair Walsh because, damn it, he's right. Why the hell are you missing that kick? It's ridiculous. But he's also admitting in this Q&A indirectly that he has done a crappy job of coaching and communicating with kickers because he's treating them like cornerbacks. But here's what he's saying. But here's where I fault Rick then. Spielman has known for how long that Zim perceives specialists to be like this, right? They're sort of a pain. He doesn't like them. So why on earth would you ever draft or bring in a young one? Like, Because you got to keep trying. I mean, you, no, need a, you need a kicker. No, you need veterans. I've always said this. There's no doubt in my mind, totally serious, the greatest kicker that the Vikings ever could have signed for Zim, Sebastian Janikowski. He smoked, he drank, he didn't care. If Zim yelled at Sebat at Seabass, guess what? Seabass is going to yell right back. That's ideal. That's what Zimmer wants. Why would you bring in a young one? Right now, Bailey and Colquitt are two old guys. That's the best thing that you could possibly do because they got a fighting chance if they if they screw up and Mike yells, they're going to be like, "Okay, that's fine. Cool." Daniel Carlson was melting. He was shrinking. I mean, you could see him. He he wanted to burrow into Lambeau Field in Week 2 last year, and you felt awful for him. He had no chance to survive that. Yeah. So I don't understand why Spielman ever would give Zimmer a young kicker or punter because they can't hack it. Yeah, it's the one... And Mike's saying that. I mean, there's a, there's a couple areas of Zim's coaching game that we'll have to play out, and we'll see how you know his resume ends up in the end. But I feel like with kickers... You just need to have a little empathy. Like, all right, you have a different job. Your job is very specialized. Yeah. And very, it's, it, it can be very stressful. And you're not a football player. And my job is to just make your life as comfortable as possible, but also like make you uncomfortable in certain spots. I think there's a pacing to it. I definitely want my kickers to be uncomfortable enough in practice and in certain situations to simulate what it might be like on Sunday Night Football in Week 16 with the playoffs on the line. But I also don't want them thinking every time they make a mistake, the coach is going to cut me. But that's the you know, coordinator, there's like, there's right? There's a line there. That that should be the people that understand the kicker and punter and the guy who long snaps and holds, right? The fact what, that the Mike one, doesn't the ones get who, who empathize with them. Yes, or? yeah. I, I would. And the head coach matters in that regard. Too. Yeah, but I would tell if if you you've got the the attitude towards kicking that Mike does, I would tell that person do yourself a favor, stay as far away as possible. Don't you know let. Let Nate Kading, your kicking consultant, and your special teams coach, let them go about trying to get the, the most from these guys. Because especially with Carlson, 
you know what Mike did. He just went back there and yelled and screamed and lost his mind. And Daniel Carlson probably damn near started crying. <laughs> How's that going to work? Have we seen Daniel Carlson? I've only watched two episodes of Hard Knocks. Was he on Hard Knocks at all? I stopped watching Hard Knocks after episode two. I okay. watched them all except for the last one, and I never saw Daniel Carlson. I heard Dan once. Levitard saying this morning that it's been a good and well-reviewed season of Hard Knocks. Couldn't disagree more. I Terrible. haven't. I, I didn't. I, like I said, I watched the first two episodes and nothing was pulling me back in for the third or any episodes beyond that. I thought it was awful. Yeah, not very good. Cardboard me. Gruden was playing Gruden. Instead, I didn't think he was real. Uh, like I didn't learn anything watching that that I wouldn't have if I just followed Vikings yes. beat reporters on Twitter or watched the local news in the Oakland yeah. or Las Vegas. So were they not showing? Like real behind the scenes discussions because no. one of the big hooks early in Hard Knocks was oh my god I'm watching someone get cut right now. Remember or, the uh, the Jet season when you yeah. when you saw Rex Ryan and uh, who's the GM? He's Mike on ESPN. Tannenbaum. You saw them like sit down and have roster discussions about who they were gonna keep, who they were gonna cut, about Darrell Revis and his whole contract holdout that yeah. year. I mean that was a real behind the scenes look at a football team and what goes on behind closed doors. This is just enhanced beat coverage of the of the Oakland Raiders. That's all it is. They're showing you like a behind the scenes look at a press conference that I saw four days ago talking about Antonio Brown and his helmet. Yeah, the the Browns thing clearly scared them, and they they must have taken out all of the juicy stuff. Well, heck, episode one, they said that Brown was not participating in camp, and then you found out like two days after the first episode aired. About his feet. How can you not break that story there? His feet that were circumcised? Yes. And had circumcision well, on and them? I mean, who doesn't have that done? Right. But how can you not break, how can you not have that story on your show? It's hard not. Yeah, it's why you, it's why you watch the show to get the I full get story. I get HBO right? to see that, that yeah. part of the story. Like literally, they're showing press conferences from just a different angle. Like normally you see the press conference from in front of the podium. This press you know, conference you saw from behind and slightly to the side of the podium. Whoa, man. Now you I know, know how an NFL team works. Who is a definite blowhard now, without a doubt in my mind. I thought this previously, potentially, but now, without a doubt, and it's not Gruden, Mike Mayock. Oh. Mike Mayock will be back in a TV role, I say, within a year. It's just, it's not, it's not. I think him. he'll be there for a few years with Gruden, because I don't think he has much of a job. I think it's more of a figurehead <laughs> well, position than it, anything. And John Gruden is making the calls. What would you say you do here, You Ronnie? can like cross-reference to like Mike Mayock's history as a draft analyst, so he loved Deshaun Kaiser because yes. he covered Notre Dame football, so did he loved Deshaun out? Kaiser. I don't remember. Did that not yeah. work out? Well, he's going to give it another go here with the Raiders. Deshaun Kaiser. Your QB did not look good last night, Mr. Mackey. What do you mean? He hit he hit a cheerleader square in the nose. Yeah, she's got to watch the game, yeah. too. People are like, I hope she's okay. I feel bad for her. It's like, watch the game. She's cheering. She has to focus on her cheers. I'm with Rami on Let's this talk show. about that tomorrow. No, I fall her. To do. Hot right. take, I fall her. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Find our podcast, Apple, Spotify, or the Score North mobile app. See you guys tomorrow. Right, what's in so my good. mouth right now?